and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. My name is Richard Davidson, and I am joined by my good buddy, Elkin Beltry. Ethan is snoozing right now. He is legitimately <laughs> sleeping in. We, we've been trying to get a hold of him. Several times, Richard. And the funny thing is, Richard, did he not message us as well this morning? He messaged us like an hour. So like, for whatever reason, our Slack was not super working as far as notifications yeah. were concerned. And so he messaged me like at just before eight o'clock and was like, are you guys awake? You guys ready to go or whatever. And I didn't respond to like nine. Uh, and for whatever reason, he went back to bed and he has responded on the Slack a couple of times since then saying that he was dozing off and trying calling him, calling this guy and he's asleep. So who knows? Maybe he'll wake up partway through and he'll join us. But, uh, as of right now, it is Elkin, just you and me. That's fine. It's fine. And we get the pleasure of doing another state of the franchise. Now, as Richard and I are preparing for this team. I don't know, Richard. I've never been had a more bleak outlook preparing for this one team as I've had. We've gone through teams at the bottom, very bottom of the conferences. Yeah, we, we did it. We did it all last year, you know, and, and this is our first team. And usually the way we do this, we start with, like with the bad situations, uh-huh. the bad teams first. Yep. Like this being our first team is should, should say something. It I mean, this, definitely, I would say, is the worst situation. I don't know. I mean, other than maybe Cleveland of last year, that was yeah. like a good team. Like it was a possibility that they could, you know, advance mm-hmm. and and you know they did advance to um, yeah. the finals. But I mean, with LeBron leaving, I mean, other than that, I mean, this is it. And oh, and the team we get the pleasure in agony of talking about is the Washington Wizards. Man, <sighs> this is bad. Let, let, let's just go ahead and. Um, throw this outlook out there for you right now. The Washington Wizards are currently 11th in the East. The East is really, really just bad and sorry. Um, I mean, currently they're not, they're only a few games out just because the East is so bad. Um, Currently Charlotte is in that eighth spot. And so the Wizards are about three and a half games outside of that. But here's the thing. They currently do not have a point guard of which to speak about because one John Wall, as we mentioned in the last podcast, is out for for a bit. Uh, all of these, all of this year, essentially. So yeah. he's not coming back during this 2018-19 year. And there, while the East is bad, there are enough of those middling teams that do care, that do want that eight spot. You know, Brooklyn, Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando. Um, so Washington's going to be on the outside looking in. I mean, let's, let's go ahead and we'll, in a minute, in a little bit, we will talk about what it is Washington should do. Um, but let's go ahead and just let you make you aware of the outlook that they have. So Elkin, who would you consider to be people that are part of their core players, people that, um, just as of right this moment, we would assume, are part of their future, be it contract, be it that they are a recent draft pick. What What do you think? Well, I mean, we're looking at contracts. These are guys that are definitely going to be on the books for a little bit and guys who are going to be seen around. I mean, they're not bad players. Starting off with, I'm going to go Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Definitely a core player, I think. Possibly right now my favorite wizard at the moment. I'm not saying much. Another yeah. player we spoke about, point guard John Wall. At this point, I've... I think you and I might both think it says they have no choice but probably 
to have him in long-term plans unless something just comes out of nowhere with we'll talk about his contract ladies and gentlemen what's coming up with him um Otto Porter as well and one recent draft pick Mr. Troy Brown really sad really sad that that, like that's I mean that's really their most recent draft pick I mean they've I mean, they have Thomas Bryant, who was not who was in the Lakers originally, who's been yeah. playing decently. But I mean, that's it. They have Troy Brown. That that's it. I mean, they've they've gotten rid of more of their you know recent draft picks. You think of the Kelly Oubre trade that went down. Um, you you know you think of just some of the swings and misses that they've had basically since Otto Porter. And yeah, this team just is does not have the young contracts to be able to compete. Pete considering the high end contracts that they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's go, let's speak to some of those bad contracts. I mean, Ian Mahimni, we, we've got to start there for starting with the Washington wizards. Oh man. Casualty I mean, of 2016, everyone. Casualty of 2016. And well, he's got one more year, one more after this year, of course, one more year at 14, sorry, 15 and a half million dollars. So, him along with a number of other people after the 2019 20 season will finally, finally come off the books um, just in time for GMs to screw it up again. But <laughs> so he, he's the, he's, he's the big one, even though he's the smallest contracts we have in this bad contracts list. True. And then by the way, I was going to ask you this, if we were talking about core players, can you remember the last time we had a team or looked at a team and we looked at their core players and they were stuck with a group of core players that they necessarily didn't want, but they were stuck with because of contract, because of bad contracts given to them. Have we had a team like this in a while? Well, I feel like we haven't because ever since the new CBA um, shortened contracts, and I mean, it's probably been since the Knicks when they had those ridiculous contracts that were just on the books for a while. Um, I mean, where everyone on that list is just people that, I mean, other than Bradley Beal. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've we've kind of hit that range. I mean, we real we recognize that Otto Porter at twenty eight million dollars a year for the next two years is too much money for a guy that they have just trying to play some defense, stand at the corner and shoot. Um, we that John Wall before he even before the extension kicks in is already viewed as a bad contract. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's really really um, it's just really interesting the situation that they're in really a unique situation, not to mention. All right. So auto Porter, we mentioned $28 million per year for the next two years after this one. Yeah. He's got a 15% trade kicker. So if you try to trade him, if you try to trade him, then you've got to pay him 15% of, of the remainder of his contract. And that gets that, that would go to the new team. So that limits his, trade options if he's unwilling to waive that. And so Washington, I mean, they've got to try to be doing some sort of, if they're going to try to move off of these, some of these deals at some point, they've got to try to do some convincing, say, hey, please waive this trade kicker. Um, otherwise, teams aren't going to want to pay Otto Porter more than, you know, whatever whatever his max happens to be. Now, I'm, I'm unsure about his max specifically. For John Wall, he's going to be getting that. Um, already and so basically for john wall and his 15 percent trade kicker that only applies to this year because he will be at the max uh next year and beyond for Otto porter i'm not sure exactly which max bracket he fits into because of the years and in in the league 
and if and it feels as though like with John Wall though, even though if like we have spoken about before the pod, I mean in July, you don't have to worry about the trade kicker, but then at that point, I mean it's still an insane amount of money that you're trying to move. If anything, yeah. and going back to Otto Porter, it's essentially, and to my understanding, it's essentially up to the player to waive it or not, right? The player is the one who decides to waive the. Yeah, so so the teams and the player can can be like, hey, um, we'd like to get you moved. We'd like to to make this happen. Would you mind waving this trade kicker so that we can just get you out of here into a new change of scenery? And um, I mean, for the most part, uh, I, I think that players are okay with that. But unless they just don't want to move, if, if they're happy where they where they are, and um, because it's not like if they stay where they are, they're not going to get that money that the trade kicker would, you know, w- would give them. So if they're willing to leave and go somewhere else, usually I, I would I would assume that they could find a way to make that trade kicker happen unless that player has maybe a smaller contract, which is not the case in this situation. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to say, because this I don't think I don't necessarily think it does, but it seems like it gives Otto Porter some leverage to kind of guide or force the Wizards to pick a team that he wants to go to than if they were to trade him because I'm I can see like the Wizards are like hey we have this team maybe playoff quality team that actually wants you and we're not going to be doing much we'll move you here but you can and that's something where we can talk about and when we get down to the later part of our podcast as far as which team I mean because that's a contract I imagine that they want to move like and yes yes I, I would anticipate that they would want to um they'd want to move at, at this point in time i mean I, I think that they would love just a total reset personally oh, but nice. um that remains to be seen so yeah so bad contracts um yamahini auto porter john wall i mean you i have bradley beal on here as well even though 28 million a year for the next two years for bradley beal is not a bad contract i would i would say just like in a vacuum but it's yeah. a bad contract if it's on this team if it's uh, if you're on a team that's really going nowhere and you are having to, well, him along with the rest of the people are locking up the rest of the roster, there's not a whole lot that you can do. And even if you're able to blow it up and somehow move Otto Porter and John Wall, having Bradley Beal with whatever the remnants of that team would be is not something that's helpful or conducive to probably making the playoffs or what what the ideal is for most teams, um, you know, actually competing for a championship. Yeah, and the thing that the thing that kind of sucks for the Wizards, it kind of seems like these contracts it was a combination of the time in which the the contracts are going to be expired, that what the Wizards were doing, because the Wizards are that team that normally gets to the second round of the playoffs. It seems like almost every year they could get into the second round, and I kind of saw it starting around the one year they had Paul Pierce, the infamous Paul Pierce against the Atlanta Hawks, when he called game not glass. It seemed like they're like, oh, we have something going here. Then they infamously traded that first-round draft pick and got Markeith. So they got Markeith Morris, and they're like, oh, this is a core that's going to do stuff in the East. So they're like, let's keep it together because they're like, if we don't sign these guys back, we're pretty much saying we're going to rebuild. But then they're like, no, we can actually compete in the East. But it's almost like – I don't know if it's false hope, but it was almost like it was fool's gold, I want to say. Like that playoff success just led to fool's gold because I see it as – how much has their roster changed? I mean, you had you had guys that they would get to the you know they get to the second round, but it seemed like they kept the same roster and they were getting the same results. And then they're like, oh, let's just keep getting these guys, and they were content with that. But of course, that goes back to almost our I don't want to say disdain towards Ernie Grunfeld, but it seems like it's just he's been doing this type of stuff for the Wizards for a while. Like you can go back to like the mid two thousand Wizards, 
got to around second round. Remember back when they had Crom Butler, Gilbert Arenas, and what did they do? Antoine Jameson signed them, gave them big contracts. And so finally they had a reset to the point in which they reached the Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal drafting years. And they got to that point. And I'm worried because this was like a six, seven year process that we won't see anything until like 2025. And I mean, obviously some contracts get off sooner than that, but I'm looking at 2023, like they're really going to have to wait out some of these contracts. That's, I don't know what you're thinking of right now, Richard, but it seems, I mean, some of them, like I said, Yamahini is just, um, wait, that one year, do you mean, I got to. So it, it's, this is everything beyond this yeah. year. So, beyond so, this year, so after this year, he's got one year, 15 yeah. and a half million dollars left. So, yeah. So that means, I mean, and, and even when we talked, even when you and I talked about it, we said, let's just say Yamahini gets off after 1920 season and the 2021 season, you're still coming in where you have like three guys with, would you say about half the cap space at that point? You have 28 plus 28 plus 40 million, like 30 plus 30, like almost close to a hundred million on three guys. Yeah. I mean, those three guys are basically at a hundred million dollars. I mean, you look at the 2021, 20, sorry, 2020, 2021 season. And those three guys are on the books. If Otto Porter picks up his player option, that plus Troy Brown gets you to a hundred and one. So yeah, about $98 million is going to be tied up into these guys um, for the next couple of years after this year. It's not great. It's not great. And that's why, by the way, you guys are going to notice in this pod that Rich and I struggle to try to find any type of hope for this team moving forward. I mean, I, I got, I got a few things that are probably very unlikely, but I've got some, I've got some attempts. Just, yeah. just let it be known. Definitely. All right. Now, as we talked about their cap situation, and we kind of alluded to it, how much how much cap they have tied up. I think this year we said money uh, money tied up. We have about 128 million. If I understand, if I read that correctly. Yep. And then next year they're gonna have 116 million. Like next year they're, they're still gonna have Dwight on the books. There's no way Dwight is gonna say I had a bad season. I don't want this money. <laughs> no, he's yeah. gonna be back for another year. And then 20. 20, 2020, 2021, you got 100 million invested. And then even after that point, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Because then Bradley Beal is going to be the free agent. And Richard, he's going to be like, what, 28 years old at the time? I wouldn't put it past the, um, the Wizards to offer him a max contract at that point. I'm just going to put it out there. So here, here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, once they get to that spot, uh, mm-hmm. where his contract is up, then essentially they've only got John Wall and and maybe Troy Brown in the books if Troy Brown makes it that long, if they decide to give him that. So, so yes, they have that. But if you look at this team, like, what's the point? Exactly. At, at that point, you're going to be super worn out of the, of the John Wall experience and the entire team that you have. I, I just couldn't see them trying to... To, to, to reboot things at that point. So I, I would assume that at some point before the 2021, 2022 season that they go in and they do make some move, some trade um, at some time between now and then it's, it's just rough because like next year, let's talk about next year, next year, they have $116.4 million already tied up with six players on the roster. Six. Yeah. And so you're already over the cap. You are 
I mean, if you fill that with minimums, then you're barely underneath the tax. And this is not a team that's going to want to pay the tax yeah. on a for, for, for a team like they would be a repeater. They're already paying the tax this year at one hundred and twenty eight million. That's five dollars. Sorry, five million dollars over the tax as we speak. So, and, yeah, and they, you're definitely not making the playoffs next year. This is something that it's a sinking ship like you want to. I mean, at this point, you want to get better draft picks, but. Now, let's be clear. They could make the playoffs next year, but is this, I mean, are you going to bank on that? Like you're going to, they're, they're going to have their core. John Wall will be healthy again, hopefully. Um, they'll have most of their guys returning outside of Marky Morris, Trevor Ariza, like, I mean, Sadoransky, I guess. But all the rest of the main guys who are, who are actual people on this team would be returning, so they could make it. But can you go into next year saying we're going to make the playoffs with this team that just disappointed us so, so, so much? So you, I just don't think that this is a team that's going to want to do that. They're either going to fill this with minimums and, and barely get to scratching it, or they're going to have to make a move. Which I think is probably the latter is probably what's going to have to happen. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're that, that's the only thing that they love to do. Because they, let's say they could make the playoffs. But do you see them even – like I see them as like a seven for eight seed if they make the playoffs. Like even with this core, Richard, like maybe like a six seed. Like I don't, I don't see this core really getting that high up in the standings. Like they have the talent. No. That core has the talent. That's, they could, they could maybe scratch the eight seed because, um, I mean, let me let's think. I mean, next year, who knows what's going to happen? But let's say someone like Kevin Durant goes out east. Well, there's another playoff team. Like it, if if it, it, so, it's just this team because they're going to be losing Trevor Reza and Markeith Morris, like they're going, you know, Sedaransky and, and some of these other like smaller contributors could contributors. They're not going to have the pieces to actually make it into the mid mid tier in, in the East. They're going to be scrounging for maybe getting to the eight seed. So I don't see this as a team that has much hope going forward. Um, and I don't see, like, I mean, their GM has already been involved in a kerfuffle with the, uh, you know, three-team Memphis-Phoenix trade from earlier this year. If they miss the playoffs, I mean, maybe he somehow comes back. But do you think he's going to convince ownership, you know, you know what, let me come back. We're going to do nothing. We're just going to stay the exact same and hope that things turn out better. I think that's a tough sell. So if it's if he is not going to, to do that, take that route, then maybe they'll bring in someone new, and that person's not going to want to just stand pat. They're going to want to change things up. So um, I think that there is some sort of, of shakeup, whether it's one person, two, or, or maybe somehow they can totally blow it up. I, I think that something has to happen with, with this Wizards team. You're right. And um, one of the things that they do have, at least they aren't just throwing away draft picks. They have some draft picks. No second-round draft picks. They've thrown away all their second-round draft picks. They do have their first-rounders, which – yeah. That to me has definitely more value, and as a team where you can see this team potentially start nose that I think they one of those teams that they can just hit a cliff and just they'll dive right off the cliff. I mean, at this point, they're they're driving down the hill, but you want to keep. Go ahead. But here's the thing: mm -hmm. I don't trust. I mean, I don't trust this team to to draft good players. I mean, it's Besides Bradley Beal, which was almost like you have to take Bradley Beal at that point. Yes, and then John Wall with the first pick. You know, they had that. That was, that was pretty obvious as well. I mean, really, they hit on Otto Porter, although Otto Porter looked like a bust for a couple of years before he, he got picked. Yeah. 
And even though, and even I feel like, I don't know, what are, I want to hear more thoughts from you on one Kelly Oubre. Like, do you, do you feel like they hit on that one or one of those, they traded him away and they're like, we didn't hit on this one. I mean, I don't think they thought they hit on it because, um, I mean, he's no longer on the team and this is, it's a really, it's a really interesting situation for them because they go out and they, uh, they have their Bradley Beal, they have their John Wall. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, at this point, they have Marcin Gortat. And they so they have the pieces like, man, we need wings. They draft out a porter. He's disappointing. So they go out and draft Kelly Oubre. And after they do that, well, then Otto Porter point. stops being disappointing. But he's already halfway through his rookie contract. He or right near the end of it. He plays well. They give him the extension. And now they just have this kind of like, well, we have Otto Porter. We have Kelly Oubre, but we just gave out. We just committed out of Porter. What are we going to do with Kelly Oubre? And so then it just turned in into this whole situation that that we see unfolding, where they said, "Well, let's go ahead and get rid of him, get Trevor Reza, and try to make one big push." And then John Wall goes down. Um. So I, I mean, I I don't think that they. I mean, with the way that they drafted, um. I just feel like they put themselves in this position and he, I mean, you have to look at hit at him, Kelly Oubre in at least his stint in Washington as not super successful um, yeah. for Washington. Yeah. For Washington. I don't know. I just felt like at one point the production was similar. Like, I mean, maybe auto Porter was about a three point shooter, but it seemed like their production was, you're fairly getting all. They were, the- they were the same. They were it was a similar, but, you know, but I understand what you're saying that you have to pick. You can't sign the same player twice. Yeah, That's stupid. And I get that. But um, so at this point, and that even with him having the first round, you said they can't draft well. I've been worried that they're going to be able to tank that bad to get like a really good pick because you have guys like Wall, Beal, and Otto Porter. Like if you have those guys healthy, they're going to win you games and have you like being somewhere close to between lottery and eighth and eighth uh, eighth in the standings. Yes. So uh, I mean. Obviously, John Wall done for this year, so he's no longer contributing. But you're right; you do have Bradley Beal, you do have Otto Porter, um, you do have uh, a few guys which you know aren't going to get you to the playoffs. But even though they're not going to get you to the playoffs, they're not going to. I mean, you got you got some catching up to do if you're going to begin tanking. I mean, you've got 15 wins, which is um, well, almost double what Cleveland has, and they're the class of the. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to say this, but they're they're the worst team in the league at the moment. Phoenix just behind them. So yeah. if you're going to begin the tank game, like you, you're already off to a little bit of a slow start. You basically need to begin to lose all of your games. And the longer you have Brad Beal, the longer you have uh, Otto Porter Jr. on your team contributing the more accidental, you know, one, two, three wins you're going to begin to pick up and push yourself out of the top spot. Now, we should mention the the uh, NBA kind of smoothed out the first, uh, the probabilities of the of the top five teams, I think, having a shot at uh, the first overall pick. Um So it, even if you're like bottom, even if you're the fifth team or the first team or, you know, whatever, you have similar percentages chance to get that pick. But um, what's different is that, you know, if you get, if you finish the worst team 
in the league, then the you know the worst you can get is you know you can't drop down to like seventh if you were like the fifth team. Like you you can go down to what like fourth. So yeah. um, there there's a range of of possibilities, and it still is helpful to be the worst team. And yeah, and that's I mean a- with, with this with this being a, a draft that's not super deep, you really kind of got to be one of those very worst teams. Yeah, like I think this draft is a. I think it's like a five-player draft for me. Like there's probably like five, maybe even three players, like five players. And at this point, I, and you answered my question, which was going to be just that: Can they even tank this season? John Wall's already going to be out. Marquise Morris is going to miss some time as well. But you, st- oh, you still have players. You still can tank. You just have to be a bit strategic with it. The, the issue here's the thing, though: um, Does Ernie Grunfeld? Like, is does he have ownership's support in the fact that, you know what, we're going to tank, we're going to blow it up, we need to move on, because all of this is his doing. And if he takes that route, they may say, well, we, this is what happened, we trust you the first time, we don't trust you to do this. So, I mean, he is in this weird situation where you want to look out for the future, you want to begin to make those moves and say, well, we're not doing it with the roster we currently have, but admitting defeat could get you ousted. And so, um, I mean, this really puts us in a predicament. So, Alkin, mm-hmm. at this point, um, let's go ahead and transition to what I'm going to call the my GM mode of, of the state of the franchise that we're doing. All right. right. In this my GM mode, what happens is there is a takeover of the decision maker spot in whatever team we're facing. And here it is, the Washington Wizards. And so Ernie Grenfell gets fired, and here's what happens. You, or myself, or Ethan, get hired as the GM. What are the moves that we do or are trying to make? Like, what, what, what do we, what, what is our goal right away for this team so that we can get them back into a better spot? Um, so... Um, would you like to go first? Or would you like me to, to go through my, my plan? I say you go ahead and go first. I was telling Richard, I am really bad at this. Just like researching, using like trade machines, boat track to get trades going. I'm just really not that good at it. So I'm going to let Richard go ahead and see what plan he has. Okay. So for, for me, um, my goal, if I'm bringing this team is I am trying to blow everything up. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally trying to get as much as I possibly can and get off of long-term money as much as possible. Now, here's one thing I am okay with. I am okay with bringing in equivalent money. As long as I'm not in the tax next year, I'm okay. Um, I can have, I can field an awful team um, for next year and still pay them. You know, I'm not like, I'm not trying to get expirings this year. I'm trying to get expirings next year because I already have to pay Yamahimi Fifteen point five million dollars next year. It is not until um, well, if if I were somehow to move Porter, Beal, and Wall, it's not until the twenty twenty one season that I would have all of the cap space in the world. Yeah. I would I would literally have only Troy Brown, and honestly, that's if I give if I ex- pick up his team option. So so I I could have a totally blank slate in twenty twenty one if I am able to move off of the you know the big three of my team porter beal and wall so that is exactly what i'm trying to do and i'm trying to do it while bringing in as much money as i can this year and next year so 
the first trade that I'm going to now, obviously it's not just me who needs to accept this trade. Other teams need to, and, and maybe you can be the, you know, kind of think from the other team's perspective, right. if this would be something that they would want that the, you think that they would want to do. So um, let's talk about auto Porter first. Auto Porter Jr. Not super helpful for me for where we're going. Um, so I'm going to try to trade him and Jeff green to Portland. Oh my goodness. For Myers Leonard and Evan Turner, because Myers, Richard, Richard, I can't believe this. What? That's literally my first trade that I did, except no Jeff Green in it. No Jeff Green. I, I just threw Jeff Green in there just for 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 some money because yeah. otherwise I'm getting too much money back. And yeah, why, why is Jeff Green helpful for me? Really, the first trade, those same pieces from Portland. I did you not? I'm not even making. I know I don't have it written down, but yeah, that's the first one I have pulled up. Oh my goodness. Go see ahead. How you, see how can you find this? Um, so uh I you know, trying to trade um to Portland. And the reason why for me this works if I, and by the way, I am because Otto Porter Jr. is a young piece, he is can be productive, I think, in that system. I'm asking for a 2019 first round pick. You can have the protections on it, like playoff, you know, so like I guess lottery protected if you want, but I think doing this would help. Um, Portland to make the playoffs, so I would I would anticipate this being a pick in the twenties somewhere. Um, so the only other thing I'd have to add is that there would be one million extra dollars um, uh, that would be going to Washington, causing them to go more into the tax this year. So Portland would have to pay whatever money it would take. Um, I don't know if if Washington's a repeater uh, this year. If not, then I think it would just take a couple million dollars. Um, yeah. Whatever the money is, Portland would just give that money. I hope Portland still has money to give um, to make it happen. But they get a 2019 first round pick out of it. They get a good looking Myers Leonard to do some commercials, as Ethan would say. And they get Evan Turner, just someone to be a ball handler this year, just so that it doesn't look like they're just throwing out a bunch of nobodies. Um, the thing about Evan Turner and the thing about Myers Leonard is that their contract uh, is going to be basically equivalent to what you were going to pay Otto Porter Jr. Uh, they're going, it's going to be about that 28, 29 million dollars over the next couple of years. But ah, this is I saw it too. But you what's the point? So get a first round pick while you're at it. You offload uh you offload it and you're still a okay for that 2020, 2021 season. Now if you're Portland, Ethan, um is this something that you would be fine that you would be fine doing giving up a first round pick essentially to get auto Porter. Um, and that contract just takes the place of what you were going to pay Myers Leonard and Evan Turner um, already. And you get a $1 million discount off of whatever you are paying. I think that they are a tax team currently, and they project to be a tax team next year as well. So what, what, you know, $1 million off of that, not bad. Yeah. And um, one thing I noticed, maybe this is you missing Ethan. You, you referred me to as Ethan, and I understand. Oh, I'm sorry. I need him on the pod. No, but if I'm Portland, you're looking at it. You have Damon Lillard, TJ McCollum. I mean, I mean, I mean Nurkic, some nights you get him, some, some nights. He's had some pretty impressive games recently. But I think with how old Damon Lillard is, I mean, this guy left college at an older age, and TJ is probably going to be 30 around the time his contract is expiring like this is when you mm -hmm. do it now yep. i think you have a team that you can make moves and they've constantly looked for a guy who can be in that 
kind of like that swingman place. I mean, you, they tried Harkless in that position. They even tried Evan Turner at some point at small forward. We realized this guy needs a ball in his hand. Yep. At some point, they some lineups, they tried going big and putting Aminu in there, but obviously they're one of their best lineups is having Aminu as a power forward. So this gives them a small forward that they need, and they can get the production defensively from Porter and offensively. That'll work well, and I think it'll be good where you can have stints in which you have Porter paired up with Litter or McCollum during different times, not having all three of them, but having them. That way Porter doesn't have to take responsibility doing it as much ball handling, as much creating, and I think that'll work out well. At first, I was hesitant when you brought up the first-round draft pick. I was hesitant, but what you said? did you say 2019? 2019, so it'd be this upcoming this year. year. And here's the thing. Go ahead. If you're Portland, I mean, you've not really, I mean, you 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 drafted uh, Anthony Simons, right? And he's not done much for you this year. Um, you know, with with contributing to to your current team, he you know, has essentially been relegated to the 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 G League, right? So if basically you are getting him probably next year as a contributor, hoping that he's developed um his his time uh, in, in the G League, and I mean, so you're not super hurting, I don't think. I mean, you have Gary Trent as well uh, on, on on your roster, so I, I think that you have enough young guys. You know, Zach Collins' development that it's okay if you don't get a late round pick in this draft, which isn't supposed to be very deep, anyways. Yeah, this this might be the one draft that they can kind of take a back seat and say, "All right, doesn't matter where we pick." So. You- I'm going to say, there's a thing. I have a little bias since this is literally a trade that I want it to happen. Sure. Well, except for one player, I would do it if I were Portland. I would All do right, it. So- if I'm getting in, I would do it. And I mean, yeah, I know you pretty much bind yourself with three guys who have three really big contracts. But at that point, too, I also look down their roster. Mm-hmm. And when I, and I look at it there, they have a lot of, like you said, it's like some younger guys, guys whose contracts are expiring. Like you have some contracts coming off the book, so this is a, this is something where they could potentially just say, "All right, let's give it a whirl," and we're not going to take that much of a hit in the future. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so this is this is one that I think um, is more realistic, more re- realistically could happen because Portland would be about it. this this Auto Porter money if he's on a good team um, that's actually competing for something. Mm-hmm. It's you know especially since it's basically a swap of, of the bad contracts that Portland has already. I think it's worth it. I think it's valuable. So there's that move. Next move I actually want to mention is uh, Trevor Ariza. Um, because it, what's the point of Trevor Ariza now? I mean, there, there's there's no point at all for having him on this team this year. Uh, he should contribute to a team in the playoffs. So uh, at this point, we're going to take Trevor Ariza. We're going to trade him back to Houston uh, for Brandon Knight and a 2019 first round pick. The 2019 first round pick from Houston is essentially the tax for that extra year of Brandon Knight's contract at approximately the same level. Trevor Reza's is slightly more than Brandon Knight's, but uh, it also gives them someone who's actually could contribute to that team. Unlike Brandon Knight, they have no need for Brandon Knight. Even if Brandon Knight comes back healthy, they have enough guards now that they that they've picked up um, well someone who was on Washington earlier this year in Austin Rivers. So I think that this trade with Houston makes sense. 
maybe Houston tries to do a buyout. But in this way, they're able to um, basically just swap the money as is. If they were to sign Trevor Reza on a buyout, um, that would actually cost more money to their tax. Uh, mm-hmm. But they'd be able to keep their 2019 first round pick. So it just depends. Um, but in this way, they would know that they'd get Trevor Reza. They'd get that extra wing because Houston is surging. And it would be nice for them to have that type of player. Definitely agree with that. Houston's fine with it. You're, you're I mean, I think, I think with with Houston, I look at it with Houston, kind of like the the way you said that they're surging, they're kind of turning the corner in the season. I think for me that that win against the Warriors with, I mean, the lineup they had missing two key pieces, kind of said we're really not that far we want to be. And I know. You're not going to probably get James Harden's games like that every single night. I mean, we're getting close to at one point getting games like that almost every single night from him. But I think you got to look at it that they know they have trouble at that spot. Houston, yeah. And they know it's going to come back to bite them, especially in the playoffs. They know that it's also one game against Golden State. And if it were a series, Golden State would have adjusted accordingly. And they probably, there were some matchups that even me looking at that game, I know Golden State could have attacked then. Right now, they don't really have anyone to counteract in that wing position. And I think they need to find someone and I think yeah. move back and see them doing. Yeah. And, and what is the purpose of a very late first round pick for this team? I mean, yeah. you're basically on the Chris Paul timeline of, of things. Uh, and so what, what, what use is it to have a, a first round pick that you've got to spend time developing? And uh, so I think that this is a move, especially because I think that they, they're looking at their window and they're saying, man, this year, I mean, if you could do it, then you are you'd probably blow up the Warriors if you were to be if you were to somehow beat them. So, um, I mean, there are recent moves that they've made. I've, I've liked it, it. It's it's helped them. I think this is another one that would be worth it for them. So I have successfully moved off of Otto Porter Jr. and Trevor Ariza. Let's again, we're trying to blow it up so that this team also begins the tanking process right this moment and wins approximately zero more games the rest of the season. So that's going to require us to move off of Bradley Beal. Now, um, maybe I need to spend more time looking at possibilities for Bradley Beal. Like if, if everyone knows Bradley Beal is available, that could start a bidding war. Perhaps maybe you can get more, but as I look, I look at teams that might have interest in Bradley Beal. Obviously the Lakers could be one of them and maybe, maybe I go that route, but I'm, I'm really trying to not win games. I'm trying to really blow it up. And so the way that I might do that is I might send him to Dallas um, because within Dallas, Luka Doncic has been awesome. And it's also created, though, the kind of a tension between him and Dennis Smith Jr. playing together because of Dennis Smith Jr. needing the ball in his hands. Imagine if you could have a Luka Doncic essentially running, running the point guard uh, there, especially if you get another guard who could be a ball handler. And so I think a Bradley Beal, Luka Doncic, um, guard, you know, being backcourt together would be awesome. So I want to trade Bradley Beal to Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr. Wesley Matthews, who does happen to expire after this year and a 2021 first round pick top three protected because of a trade that Dallas has made with Atlanta to get Luka Doncic. The protections just make it so that, you know, it, if they make it, if they were to make a trade in season, they would have to do this in order for it to be legal. Um, and let's go ahead because there are no second round picks. 
um, that that uh, you know Washington mm. has. Let's also throw in the 2019 second round pick. Now this would leave Dallas without any any draft pick in this upcoming draft. But again, yeah. they. They just they just hit the lottery with Luka Doncic. If you can pair him with Bradley Beal, who is on not a bad contract, if you're on the right team, I think that it could be a move uh, worth exploring. What do you think? The only thing I'm thinking about is I know Dennis Smith Jr. is a young talent, and if you're thinking, I mean, if you're Washington, you want to get as much talent as you can, but at the same time, not paying a lot for it. Mm-hmm. It's just it's hard for me to see a. If we're doing it just for this year, this year works because John Wall is going to be out, and you're going to need someone in there. So it's, I, I, I was first I was thinking how him and John Wall are going to coexist. Oh, they're not. Because that's the thing. Like they're not going to be. That's the first thing I I thought. But at the same time, so what do you do? What do you do once John Wall comes back? Oh, oh, well, this is a beautiful thing. So this is my final move. Mm-hmm. Uh, my final move. Now, now, I just briefly before we get to that, uh, I just want to say that. Uh, Currently, next year, Dallas is in a good spot where they only have $51 million tied up. Granted, that is in not tons of people, um, but they have DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, all these people coming off the books. So um, with with that, they could absorb Beal and his money and still not be super hampered um, going into free agency. They won't be up against the tax already by doing this move. Um, So last move. Last thing, um, trade John Wall. But you can't do it until this summer because uh, they don't want to take a $20 million hit for no reason. And I guess, actually, this is something that like the, the trade kicker is something that the current team, uh, at least this year, this year would absorb. So, um, and they, they don't want to do that. And he's injured, so he's not helpful for any team this year if they're wanting to trade for him. And for other teams, they'd rather get off of more money, which means he's not getting traded until the summer. So I got him fulfilling an Ethan Huffman um, wish, going to Miami, Tyler Johnson, Goran Dragic, which are going to opt into their deals um, because it's it's money. Maybe Goran doesn't, but I would assume that he does considering he's been slightly injured this year. So for those two guys um, who will become uh, expirings after that year in, in the time frame that you're wanting, and well, all of this, uh, all of this does have a little bit of a cost for them because you know they're getting John Wall. Obviously, here's the big thing with John Wall and his contract. Like, it, he's kind of like in the Markel Fultz zone of things, where it's like, okay, what is his actual worth? Because, uh, but it's kind of the opposite. It's like, well, he's a good player, but he has an awful contract. With Markel Fultz, it's he was a young first round pick, but he's also doesn't have a great contract for for him and what he is and is it's just been rough for him, but this is assuming Goran and Tyler Johnson opt into their player $19 million player options. And um, it would require a 2023 first round lottery protected pick. They could not trade. Um, they could, they could not trade the 2019 pick because that would have already happened by the time this trade would go through. They could not trade 2020 because they've already traded 2021 pick away um so 2023 is the first time and miami has no second rounders so there's that this is the one that i find most unlikely just just because i mean unless they say you know what we're cutting bait 
John Walford, Tyler Johnson, Goran Dragic, no first round pick, just straight up. We're getting him off the books. We are total resetting. Um, and maybe that's the move you do. And that's the thing. I mean, that's actually one of the moves that I had in mind as well. I had mine was though I threw in a I was looking at throwing in Kelly Olenek. In you could. There. You and could. I, and that's what I did with mine after after the fact. But I mean, pretty much you have to get if you're moving John Wall, you have to, to the heat, you have to get Goran back. I feel like you need a point guard. I feel like Goran is a very solid point guard to fill that role for the time. For the time that he's there. So yeah, and here's here's the thing. The issue with with Kellynick is that he while his he does have a player option for the 2020-2021 season. I would love to clear off as much money as possible, but I mean, if I have to, then that's just twelve million dollars, and that's all I really have that year. So I'm okay with that. Um, this is what I would do. These I would just to- basically, I, of course, it takes two to tango with all these trades. Mm-hmm. Who knows if if other teams are if they're really thinking of that. This is just our conjecture, but I would try to blow up as much as I can because we've seen the limits of this team and um, with their current state, it does not look good. So I blow it all up. That makes sense. Now here's the thing. I don't even know how much really where we mainly differ is Bradley Beal. Where does Sam Bradley Beal? Yeah. What, what, what did you what did you potentially have him going? Did you have him going anywhere? I had him going actually to to the Hornets. But then you talking about it more and wanting to get contracts that aren't as long. Had me changing my mind because in the trade I had for the Hornets, they're picking up a contract that is almost they're pretty much just as bad because the only way like I kept adjusting this trade, almost the only way to make it work. So it would be a trade in which the Wizards will be getting one Malik Monk. And then Jimmy Lamb. But the only way to make it work is adding a contract. And which one, one did you add? The very first time I did it, I said this is stupid. I added Nicholas Batum. I was like, there's yeah. no way. There's no way that's gonna happen for for the wizard side. So then I've just been like messing with it, messing with it. It's just really hard because Malik Monk. And Jeremy Lamb had such like low salaries compared to uh, Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what- it, I mean, you can't really do it for for Batum. The only the only way that they would take Batum back in any trade would be if it was getting off of the wall contract. Yeah. But I mean, what's the, what's the what's the point of that? Yeah. If, and, I mean, yeah. and so then I switched it for a one to three, which is sending Bradley Beal but getting three players in return. Then the three, but the three players were Cody Zeller, Jeremy Lamb, and Malik Monk. And then mm-hmm. I feel like the Wizards, though, at that point, they would definitely ask for a first-round draft pick from the Hornets. It would have, and I don't know if the Hornets, the Hornets, kind of see like what's going on. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they would. I'm gonna get that. So then, my other trade that I had, this was another one, but then it didn't make sense. Because of they just on a trade, it was with the Suns, but I'm like, they just had a trade with the yeah, Suns. Yeah, I know it's yeah, it's so hard. that one I had to throw out again. Like, Richard, this was the one, like, I felt like John Wall Auto Porter were the easier trades for me. Like, as weird as that sounds, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Well, I mean, they're the ones that you like, okay, I need to get off them, and so you're willing to be like, all right, fine. If, if I mean, if I don't get that first round pick from Miami, I just get off of it, fine, that's okay, but. 
mean, with Bradley Beal, it's like, well, but he actually has value. He's actually not a bad contract. So, and, that, and I'm looking for teams that are close, closest to playoffs. That's what yeah. that's, that's what I'm looking at. Teams that are like, we're competing for an A spot. Maybe we need one more player to kind of push us through. So these are the teams that I've gone through. I've gone through those teams that I told you, like talking about mm-hmm. the Hornets, but then I also threw in like Brooklyn. Yeah. Some possible trades and try to throw in Detroit as well. Yeah. And some possible trades. Like we'd, may, right. we'd, we'd make a trade if we could. I just like we have you're we no have problem. nothing of value that any team would want to take back. Like in this trade machine, and like Richard and I, Richard could probably tell you this with trade machine, it's great, but it's pretty much just contracts. There's nothing else, like as far as how much people really want a player, how effective is the player, how will it work? It's just pretty much do their contracts work. That's yeah, and I have. I have done a, a, a Washington Pistons trade. I just don't find it likely because like I don't see, I mean, maybe it's the type of trade that works because it doesn't like no one is really happy about it, but I have done one where I send Otto Porter to the Pistons for the collection of what, what do I have here? I think I had um, like Reggie Jackson, John Lewer, Langston Galley. I also threw in like Dwight Howard and you throw it in and if you throw in like another salary filler, you, I think Thomas Sedaransky, then it works. And and we're just a half million dollars off either way. And I think that's slightly enough leeway that the Pistons could have to make it work. Just the problem is who likes that? Who wants that? Mm-hmm. Um, it locks the Pistons up completely with uh, an entire front court roster. We have no point guard which I guess we currently have none now. Um, and uh, But for Washington, why do you want Reggie Jackson? Why do you want John Lewis? Why do you want Langston Galloway? I mean, we could throw in first-round picks, I guess, but I don't know. It, it's, it seems like a trade that isn't great. And so the Pistons are pretty locked up. I don't see them able to really make any moves that are worthwhile. And that's why, like, after, like, after looking at what I've looked at, I mean, there's, the only I mean, the Los, An- Los Angeles, I mean, L.A. for Beal. I mean, that would be the the team that would want to make something happen. Um, I mean, looking at it, we got to throw in got to throw in Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope. He'd have to be OK with it um, because he's on a one year. He signed a one year deal. And so he has an automatic, you know, trade. Uh, yeah, he, he could. You can, you can block trades if he wants to, um, but you'd have to throw in one of your young guys uh, or maybe multiple of your young guys. You're not throwing in Lonzo, probably. Um, maybe you throw in Brandon Ingram, but I feel like they have they they have their eyes set on bigger fish, right? They want Anthony Davis. So I don't know. Just It just seems like it's something that uh, I, I, fe- I find that the Dallas move is the best because you get a young piece, you get a future first round pick, Mm-hmm. And you are able to, yeah. And that's and that's the money. For me, the trades I try to value, I definitely value higher. Is you know this team is going to get worse with these trades, get as many first round draft picks, and like you said, it might mean taking on a few bad contracts for the next couple of years. That's what you're mm-hmm. going to have to do. And that's yeah. what that's where teams we saw it pretty much that's the Nets model almost like the Nets were like, we'll take some of your bad contracts, but give us some first round draft picks. And that's smart because we saw where Billy Keen left the Nets. Mm-hmm. We saw, and then Sean Marks comes in, and he's like, 
all right, I'll take this bad contract. I'll take this one. And people are like, what are you doing? But now the Nets aren't that bad. And they got their first round draft picks back. And they got some other first rounders. So that's what you have to do. Some You're right. That's what you have to do. But but that, those are my main moves. Honestly, just looking at moving those guys and try to include. In the Bradley Beal deal, though, one thing that made it hard for me that only worked with unlikely circumstances is, and I tried doing this with Bradley Beal and Otto Porter, but it's just too much money, is trying to move Yamahini, especially with Bradley Beal. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. And this is the thing that we've not been talking. This is about why a lot of this is unrealistic, is in order to be able to trade Otto Porter, Bradley Beal, and be okay with it, you've got to also move John Wall. And if you can't move John Wall, then what's the purpose of moving these other guys? And in, in the way that I have it set up, you're not able to trade John Wall into the summer. And and so how can you knowingly step into that into those waters right now? You pretty and much so, wait until July and then make the move, starting with John Wall. I like guess the only – really, you're right. That's the only way you can really – Because if you, you don't know that you can trade John Wall, then – What's the purpose of of actively getting worse when you're going to have John Wall's contract eating up, you know, a third of your salary, not being able to do anything like meaningful or productive? What's the point? So um, this this is the conundrum that the Washington Wizards are in. And uh, if I were a betting man on what's going to happen, maybe they move off of Otto Porter somehow. Um, But I don't see them moving off of Bradley Beal until they can move off of John Wall. Uh, just because Bradley Beal is too valuable. Otto Porter, you know, not as valuable for his contract. He's getting paid the same amount as Bradley Beal, essentially. So Pretty much one's an all-star and one's a, a role player. There's no other yeah. way to do Yeah, so um, I do think that they're going to move Trevor Reza. Um At some point, they're going to try to trade him. I think he does have some trade value. Um and I think that this year they would like to move out of Porter if they can, just realistically. But Bradley Beal and I think um, John Wall are, are there to stay. So it's an interesting outlook for this team, and we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and I was kind of thinking. Um, I was kind of thinking, kind of moving Porter before the trade deadline, and then waiting in the summer to move the other two guys. Like I feel like that would be. I think Porter right now would have value like a Portland team, like those trades we brought up for Portland. That would have value this year compared mm-hmm. to winning for the summer for Porter because Porter is one of those guys. Like if you have him as like your third or fourth best player, he's really not that bad. Yeah, and that's why I mentioned those two first: Otto Porter, Trevor Reza. Like I think those are ones that could happen. Um, but once you begin to move into Bradley Beal, John Wall territory, I don't know. I don't know. All right, is that it? Is that Elkin? Is that Elkin? Or we have anything else? I think that covers what we wanted to do. All right. So we have kicked off our State of the Franchise podcast um, series. Uh, We'll be back uh, in future weeks to discuss other trash teams, at least to begin with. We'll work our way up toward the better teams as we get closer and closer to the playoffs. We might mix in some, um, you know, trade deadline pieces in the upcoming uh, weeks because that's going to be happening. That'll be exciting. Um, But until then, I I guess uh, I'll wait to see you later.